Hello and welcome to K-Botak, a short podcast about Korean cinema and K-dramas, with me, John. This episode, we're going to be talking about two very entertaining action films that share the theme of being chased around by the main actors from Squid Game. If you can't guess from that, we're talking about Deliver Us From Evil and Time To Hunt, both from 2020, both still in the conversation for good reasons. They're both very fun. So firstly, Deliver Us From Evil. You've got Huang Jung-min as Kim In-nam, a retiring hitman, and Lee Jung-jae as Ray, uh, who is uh, the estranged brother of In-nam's final hit. Uh, they're reuniting in this film after the incredible uh, 2013 New World. Uh, really great gangster epic, if you haven't seen that one, and you like uh, films like Heat or Infernal Affairs uh, or indeed uh, many of the gangster films uh, coming out of South Korea these days, that's a must-watch. Uh, really terrific. So in this... Innam is a depressed hitman retiring after his final job who discovers that the daughter he never knew he had has been kidnapped in Thailand. He sets out to rescue her from organ traffickers, uh, the only wrinkle uh, in his plan being that his last target, who was named Koraeda, had uh, this estranged brother, Ray, who has caught wind of his passing and is really pissed. This is a bit like what if the main character were on the receiving end of a revenge film? Uh, like, Innam hasn't done anything as bad as Chaman Sik's character in I Saw the Devil, uh, but the energy with which uh, Lee Jung Jae's Ray uh, commences pursuit of him is, uh, is very much like what you see in that movie. It mixes The Man from Nowhere uh, with Taken, but also, as many have observed, Terminator. Uh, if you only know, or you mostly know, uh, the lovely Lee Jung-jae from his sort of uh, personable and, and amiable schlub uh, from Squid Game, then you're in for a bit of a surprise here. He is terrifyingly implacable as he bears down on Innam. Lee Jung-jae's performance is the reason I watched this and the highlight of the film without a doubt, from the business-like way that he tortures his captives uh, as he bleeds information out of them, literally, to his dead-eyed stare as he pursues Innam. I, I genuinely think he's the best Terminator since Robert Patrick. He doesn't even say that much. He just sort of glares at him. Even when he catches up with him, there isn't a, a big uh, talky confrontation about, oh, you've done this and he was my brother and all the rest of it. Uh, he he just glares at him and tries to get to him and hurt him. Uh, people who are familiar with uh, Lee Jung-jae as an actor know that he has this incredible gravelly kind of whiskey-soaked voice anyway. And uh, although I think it is a shame that the script doesn't give uh, these two leads uh, a huge amount of opportunities to uh, you know bounce off each other and uh, really express... Um, I do think that it's quite a good uh, decision to reserve the, the, the deep kind of baritone voice that Lee Jung-jae has for a few select moments when he's playing this Terminator-esque character. 
uh, when he does start talking, it's all the more menacing. Um, so yeah, that is terrific. And uh, I know that there's a, a certain you know number of people who will already be sold on the film based on that, or who like myself were filmed on it just from seeing the poster um, and seeing him inhabiting this character. Uh, Huang Jungmin, really good as well. Not his usual bouncing off the walls self uh, that you get in everything from like New World. He's uh, obviously very uh, uh, he's very funny. He's um, uh, very vibrant in that movie. Likewise, veteran, which I just saw in this, he glowers and grimaces like a sort of American recording era Johnny Cash. Um, he is as single-minded as Ray, but in his case, it's to save the girl. Um, I think the uh, the terse and minimal script uh, is a little bit less favourable in Huang Jungmin's case um, because he doesn't have as much to do as Lee Jung Jae. He doesn't get to sort of vamp and stalk around um, and uh, beat people up and uh, be you know generally uh, sort of deadly and frightening. Uh, he's just got to go after this kid. Um, so it means that a lot of the time he is just kind of like sat there or, um, you know, waiting for things to happen, uh, which, you know, we know that he can do a, a bit more than that with screen time. But uh, all that said, it's a really intense chase film. Once the two leads uh, do collide, it is extremely tense. It's highly entertaining. I love the way uh, Ray is just going through clip after clip of ammunition and he's just got all these weapons uh, with him all the time. He's like this kind of literally a one-man army on the streets of uh, Thailand and uh, just all the menace and the desperation in this really works thanks to these two performances Um, as well as all the the editing and choreography is really good. Um, I think it's uh, a very well put together movie. A couple of negatives uh, you've also got Park Chung-min in this as uh, Yui, and I just have to mention this. This is a sympathetic and very pos- positive portrayal uh, of a trans lady who doesn't get killed and actually has a happy ending in this story, however, is being portrayed by a cis man. So I thought this was a bit of a, a bummer. The role did not go to a, a trans actor and, and quite problematic uh, in that regard. So just a heads up um before you watch the film if if that is something that you know you're you're tired of seeing and if you are then um i think uh i i and most people would uh, understand uh it does happen in movies i personally don't like the idea that men get plaudits for playing trans women as uh, park seems to be doing he's a brilliant actor don't get me wrong um it's just that these these roles should be going to people who have the the lived experience to uh Uh, to portray them Uh, that's my feeling on it anyway there's obviously a huge debate to be had around this that that I'm not equipped for Um, so consider that more of just a heads up Um, I'm sure there's uh, there's a lot of conversation around this Um, and another quibble from me this starts out in Japan and actually in the early going it looks incredibly pretty with uh, these beautiful uh, sort of shots of gardens and houses and uh, this izakaya that he finds himself in but as soon as he gets to thailand they start doing that hollywood yellow filter from movies like extraction uh which just looks ridiculous and especially if you are in this part of the world if you're in east asia 
it's even more ridiculous because you know that Thailand doesn't look like this. I've been to Thailand lots of times. It doesn't have a yellow smog over everything. Um, that is uh, really a, a quite an, an ugly uh, trope that is used in, in Hollywood movies to other um, certain certain countries, especially in the Middle East. It's just that it's being used on, uh, on Thailand this time, uh, which is a, a colourful beautiful and really wonderful place um so i didn't like that i think that's you know probably a bit of an unwelcome hollywood influence in south korean movies you, you don't want to see too much stuff like that um start cropping up because uh, that would be depressing um but yes i, I think uh for the acting power that you've uh, that you've got here um for the two main characters duking it out the action is great you get to see lee jung jay really kicking ass um, and these two main characters are just brilliantly conceived. That is enough for me. Um, even if the script is bang average and there's that yellow filter, uh, you've got a, a ripping good uh, chase film and uh, kind of battle royale going on between these two guys here. Uh, so uh, Deliver Us From Evil, not too hard to find on streaming. Uh, it's on things like uh, View and uh, iQIYI over here. Uh, it'll be uh, it'll be on various things. It's on Vicky, uh, so yeah, recommended with caveats. Secondly, Time to Hunt. This has uh, considerably more uh, uh, substantial cast here. You've got Lee Jae-hoon uh, from the wonderful Taxi Driver, which I'm watching at the moment, and Move to Heaven, which I'm going to move on to after that, uh, playing Jun Sok. You've got An Jae Hong as Jang Ho, Che Woo Shik, who uh, will be familiar even to uh, Western audiences from Train to Busan, from Okja, uh, from Parasite, and he was also in the very good The Witch Part 1, and uh, he is playing Ki Hoon. Uh, you've got Park Jung Min, again, turning up, uh, who was also in things like Savaha and Hellbound recently as Sang Soo. And you've got Park Hae-soo, uh, the Squid Game connection for this film, which I, I haven't uh, deliberately grouped these films uh, because of this, by the way. It's just something I, I realised after I've got these two 2020 chase movies and the people doing the chasing are both from Squid Game. Uh, it's probably a bit uncool to mention Squid Game at the moment, or at least it feels like that. Um, but uh, Park Hae-soo, he's also from the excellent Chimera, which uh, is currently airing. I'm currently watching that. Prison Playbook, which I haven't seen, meant to be very good, and he plays Han. So you've got a really great ensemble here of South Korea's kind of rising acting talent in a film about a heist that goes south. Jun Seok is released from prison, and him and his mates plan to hit a gambling house, make a load of money, and escape from the drudgery of their lives uh, to uh, Taiwan. By the way, uh, they're remaking this um, and uh, honestly, Western directors, influential people, if you like a movie, uh, talk it up, use your platform, bankroll a sequel, uh, you know, help get that funded. Stop just taking things for yourself. This is a movie that exists uh, for very good reasons, uh, has a particular vision, and again, no point just uh, just taking the bare bones of the story about people being chased around in a city in the near future uh, when you could watch it dubbed or you could watch it with subtitles uh, and obviously I watch everything with subtitles 
but some people have uh, accessibility reasons that they can't do that. There are dubs out there. They're not amazing, uh, but it does mean that you can enjoy all the imagery and the awesome atmosphere that you're going to get uh, from this movie. So in Time to Hunt, you have a dystopian vision of a near future South Korea. Seoul is a crumbling ruin of a city. And the way that they introduced this uh, was when I really kind of uh, fell in love with this movie. And that's pretty quickly. So the movie opens, you're seeing uh, two of the lads in a corner shop. They're buying things and they're kind of, you know, having a bit of uh, a bit of an argument about who's going to pay for what. It's all very normal. And you almost forget that this is this uh, kind of dystopian thing or uh, or you know whatever you want to call it, speculative fiction. And then they open the door to go outside and you just see smog, a blanket of just uh, poisonous clouds of uh, pollution hanging over the city like a, like a wraith. And the way that they just open the door and you see the reality of what South Korea has become. Really clever. Uh, the director, who's called Yoon Sung Hyun, wanted to create this kind of dark thriller that represents the struggle for survival that a lot of young people experience, not just in South Korea, uh, but throughout the world um, in kind of uh, late capitalist countries, being part of a generation that the world uh, you know, wasn't particularly kind of set up for. Uh, and so he went to the US and parts of Africa for research. Um, and so you can see uh, there's now kind of slums in uh, Seoul. It all looks really striking. It's got all this graffiti and, like I say, smog, dilapidated skyscrapers. It's super depressing with people on the streets and just this vision of urban poverty and hardship. And the reason for this is that South Korea has been bankrupted after the one crashes. And you can see people protesting against the IMF. This is a pretty scary vision of the future because it can happen much more easily than zombies and aliens and etc. This can happen. Um, and uh, so a, a, a genuinely disturbing notion there. Especially because Time to Hunt is also full of guns. So what do you need to create? Hell, just add guns. It's a, a, another um, you know, rip-roaring chase movie. But this isn't like uh, a lot of your South Korean thrillers where, you know, half an hour from the end, your uh, your man is picking up a, an axe or something and you're thinking, all right, here we go, things are, are going to hit the fan. Um, no, people are armed to the teeth in this. And uh, although it, it's a bit flabby in places, it's two hours and 15 minutes, I think Time to Hunt is a terrific movie. The tone and atmosphere is very effective with this kind of uh, realistic horror of what comes after late capitalism, aka the end point of. Uh, it's rendered in all these dark reds and choking pollution, abandoned cars in this previously glam city. It's really bleak, uh, but it uh, it hits hard. And also the star of the show, uh, at least for my money, Park Hae-soo as Han, who is the character that begins pursuing the boys after they bumble this heist. He's extremely menacing, uh, a little bit, well, a lot like Lee Jung-jae as Ray. He rarely speaks. He's just always arming himself, hunting, following the boys. Um, and one pretty striking uh, thing about Han, spoilers, just for the next 30 seconds, is that partway through, you discover that this killing machine 
this relentless man, is a cop. And at first, the other cops try to stop him, but then the call comes through from HQ, let him hunt these boys to their deaths, leave him alone. It isn't just the inequality and the dangerous slums and guns that Yoon has taken inspiration from the countries he researched in, it's the promise of horrific violence at the hands of the police. That's again a really depressing, really scary idea, um, if you think it happens over there, it could happen here. All we need is a few bad years and the wrong people to be blamed for the wrong things because of some bad decisions that have been made here and there. Uh, very scary. So apart from that, you do have really good action uh, throughout this film, including a super tense scene in a hospital as the boys are trying to escape. Um, what I like is that it's setting out this big vision for the future, but it doesn't forget about having solid set-piece action sequences. And again, there's a bit of an original Terminator vibe to these disused bleak buildings where this implacable enemy is following them around, trying to gun them down. And I think that although this is bleak and quite long, you should watch it. The cast rules visually. It is really interesting because it's a kind of gloomy, smoggy alternative to all the neon-lit images of the future. Uh, it feels in some ways like there is less to see than all those kind of billboards and signs and all the Blade Runner stuff and, uh, um, uh, and all of that kind of visual noise. Um, but I found myself really studying these environments because of how they had constructed this this imagery of what the future might look like that feels in many ways more realistic. Um, so yeah, uh, a bleak one there, uh, but a recommendation nonetheless. Time to hunt. Watch it. Don't remake it. You can follow the show on at kbotakpod, that's at k-b-o-t-a-k-p-o-d, on Twitter and Instagram. Retweets and shares are much appreciated. And best of all, if you like the show, please subscribe. And even better, leave a review. I'd love to be able to read it out on the podcast. Thanks for listening. Cheers.